like I said, today we're starting a new series. It's called Next. And the title of this message is Teach Us to Pray. Teach Us to Pray, right? Teach Us to Pray. Now, prayer, and I felt it even coming into today, is such a crucial and essential thing to our faith. It's essential. Why? Why? Well, because if you define prayer, prayer is what? Communication. I saw a funny video this week uh, on prayer where, um, you know, when you, if you text through an iPhone, um, you may see how the, the little bubbles come up and you can tell when somebody's getting ready to type, there's a little ellipsis inside of a bubble and you can tell. And this person's beginning to type and, and it's just a, a message. It looks like they're talking to a friend. It's like, hey, how are you today? Good kind of thing. And, and hey, I've got something going on. I've got this major bill that I need help with. Okay. And uh, they said, well, what can you do about it? I've got it kind of thing. You get down to the very end of the message, and, and that person is talking to God. They're talking to God about what they need to see God do in their lives. Prayer is communication. Prayer is talking. So let's get that right in the beginning. Let's not overwhelm and, and, and get crazy about this thing where you feel like you have to do a bunch of different things to make it happen. Prayer is talking. It's saying, hey, God, I need you. I'm here. Help me, please. And then you'll see a response. But there's some more to it, though. There's still more to it. And uh, today we're going to be talking about a story that comes out uh, of a, a, a series of stories called the Sermon on the Mount. And this is a great uh, portion of Scripture between Matthew's, uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, where Jesus is instructing those around him, disciples, about you know really moral living and what it, what it looks like to be a follower, follower of God and to be like Christ. And uh, one of those stories that's within there is uh, about teaching us to pray. And it's important for us to understand that these disciples uh, watched Jesus and they wanted to learn from him. They watched Jesus, how he did life and how he, he did ministry and the relationships that he had and, and those that he encountered on a, on a daily basis. And as they observed, they began to see something. Now, you think about it, if you're a parent, uh, if you're a grandparent or if you're a, a kid, which you may have a parent, hopefully, right? Doesn't that work that way normally? Everybody has. Okay. Um, Yes. You, you watch around and you watch your parents and, and you, you ask questions sometimes. You know, sometimes for me, I, I kind of prod those questions to my kids to make sure that they're okay. But there's times when they'll be like, Dad, why do you do that? And I get to explain why I do that. Dad, what do you think about this? Well, and I get to explain what I think about this or that. It's one of those things when, when you have kids, okay, they're going to ask questions, and you want to have answers, and that's the gift that we have as a parent, to give answers. Well, the disciples were there with Jesus. These were his boys, okay? A lot of times we don't think of Jesus and his disciples as friends, right? How do you think of them when you think of them in Scripture? Like there were these lofty guys floating around, like, all the time. Listen, it was Jesus with a bunch of guys. Have you been around a bunch of guys before? Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. It only took like a few seconds of being around Aiden in the, the, uh, the pilot last night, our vehicle, with shoes off to know that there was a boy in the house, okay? If you know what I'm talking. Poor thing. Bless his heart. This is going to be archived on a podcast forever, and he'll, he's going to love me for it. But I remember those days when I was the same way. But it, it doesn't take long for you to understand when you're around a bunch of guys, right? Guys, you're with me. Ladies, they're repulsed and are about to leave through the fire exits, okay? But the thing is, Jesus did life with his disciples, and as he did life with them, they watched. They watched him. And they, they watched the things that he did. They watched the interactions that he had. And, and then they had questions about it. Because they watched how he would go away sometimes and he would pray. 
They watched, you know, how these miracles that he performed and, and they began to ask him like, how in the world, what in the world? And they said one day, Lord, teach us to pray. Because they realized that that was foundational. If they wanted to impact their world, that they had to learn how to pray. You've heard of the Lord's Prayer before, I'm sure. I remember as a kid uh, when I used to play baseball, um, and that, that's when I actually could play baseball. Uh, then you go to high school, and that's a joke for me, okay? Um, when I got to high school, baseball was totally different. It was the, the bench that was my best friend, not the field, okay? But I remember when I was a rising star, when I was 12 years old and could hit a home run, okay, kind of thing. This is where the fond memories come. And I remember before every single game, Coach Don would get down, we'd take a knee, and we'd say the Lord's Prayer. Did you ever do that as a kid growing up? For me, I remember it. It was one of those things that I used to do, and I loved and it impacted my life, and it changed the way that we even played, I felt like, in those days. Um, but the Lord's Prayer is something that's important for us because it teaches us how to pray, gives us the biblical precedent of prayer. Here's the thing. If we want to go to what's next, we got to go to what's first. That's prayer. That's communication with God. And what I'm going to do today is we're going to read between Luke 11, 1 through 13, and Matthew 6, 5 through 15, okay? Those are the two portions of Scripture where you see the Lord's Prayer, and you see different takes on that. Now, remember, when you have gospel stories, when you read the gospel, you have a guy's view of what he saw that day when he was with Jesus, or that day when he saw the miracle performed, or that day when they did this or did that. So you see that in Luke and Matthew today. So I'm going to read Luke first, and then I'm going to read Matthew. And what you're going to do is compile the story in your mind, and it's going to fill in all the blanks. And then what we're going to do is kind of break it down a little bit so that you understand the power of these words and God's prayer that he put in Jesus' heart that day. Luke 11, 1 through 13. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, and this is where Jesus makes real examples for them to understand. He said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in bed. If you have kids, you understand that story, right? If your kids are in bed, we have a little dog, okay? And if he hears anything whatsoever, he thinks somebody's coming in trying to, to take us all down, okay? But if your kids are in bed, you understand this even more. I can't get up and, can't, and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to, to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your, will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Matthew 6, 5 through 15. Again, compiling the stories together so you can get a different perspective. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. 
But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. And you hear it again. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you, for if you forgive men and they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is a lot to take in, right? But you see different perspectives on the story. You see different takes on the story. And these words that are in this story are very, very powerful. If you look at the original language that these words are written in, that Jesus speaks these words to the folks there that day, that, that it's, it's important for them to understand. When you pray, and the, the meaning of this is to, to wish, to exchange wishes. When you pray, when you communicate with God, and you exchange wishes for your life, right? He listens to you. And you say, Father, this is the one who imparts life. Think about it. The Father is the giver of life. If you think about it in in natural terms and you think about it in spiritual terms, the Father is the giver of life. He's the nourisher, the protector, and the upholder. Hallowed, to make holy. Hallowed be your name, the name that is distinguished above all names. Right? That's the name of Jesus. He says, your kingdom to come into this place, your kingdom to come on earth, and your will to be done, your wishes, and this is the preferred will, and you'll hear more about this in just a moment, the preferred will of God, the best offer, the the will that we should really listen to and subscribe to in our lives. He says, our daily bread, the divine provision for today, right? You know, I got to be honest with you about this stuff. When it comes to to our daily bread, it's not just a little book you read, okay? Our daily bread for me, it's a struggle because I'm having to count on God for what I need today. And he says, look, I'll provide all of your needs according to my riches and glory. That's hard for me to take sometimes. Is anybody with me on that? Because everything, again, is swirling around like we talked about earlier. We're filling that jar, our lives up with so many things. And it's hard for us to understand that he will be sufficient for today. He said, he will forgive. He will send away. He says, I will send away. I will release. I will permit to depart. Forgiveness that only can come from him. Sins. And what is sin? It's when we miss the mark. That's understandable. God has a preferred will for your life. And when we're outside of that will, we're sinning against him. So we're missing the mark. We're off a little bit. Any of you guys hunt with with archery out there? Have you ever shot a bow and arrow? Have you ever seen someone shoot a bow and arrow? This is all applicable now. Okay. You know, if they're off a little bit, just a little bit. The trajectory is off. The, everything is off. And they will miss the mark every time. But if everything's on and everything's sighted in right, you'll hit bullseye. I've done that a couple times. It's only because it's sighted in and has those nice little sights where you can look like you're a rock star out there. Otherwise, boom, off in the, off in the stick somewhere. Never know when it'll come back again. Sins, when we miss the mark. He says, I am indebted. That means that I owe talking about temptation, the trials, the afflictions, the calamity that we run into, that he will deliver us. He will bring us out. He will rescue us. He will draw us out of it from the evil one. That's the bad and the wicked and the malicious that takes us down at times to understanding the friend, the, 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 the someone that is dearly loved and trusted. And he says, ask. 
and Luke ask. I ask, I request, I beg, I petition to you, God, the demands, and it will be given. He will offer it to us. If we seek, if we search for it, if we desire it with everything that's in us, we will find, we will find. And you get this idea of a knocking at the door. Have you ever had someone like persistently knock at your door? College students, you know what I'm talking about there, okay? You have a friend that comes down the hallway and the only thing, oh, they're in the room. Uh, the only thing, <laughs> this just got really awkward. Um, counseling sessions are free for the first time and then we, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but you ever, you ever had a friend or someone that comes by your house and they're trying to sell you this miracle solution that will clean your windows in 4.7 seconds flat? All you have to do is give them one minute of your time kind of thing, right? You know that idea of knocking on the door and you've, you've had these people like, da, 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 da. you know what I'm talking about. Or college students, it probably varies to like body slams against the door or, you know, bow drops or uh, kicked. I don't know what it changes over the years. Okay. Or you can just send a simple text message, but this idea of us persistently knocking on the door. Look, when we knock on that door, he'll answer, right? He'll answer and he'll, he'll give you what you need in those moments. Um, the door will be opened and you will receive, you'll take hold of it, what God has for you. There's a few things, a few points that I want to give you from these portions of scripture today that I really feel like will impact your life if you allow them to. Uh, I know for me, prayer is a hard thing. Why? Man, I tell you what, it doesn't take anything in the world to get me off base. Or, or, or I could, you know, you see a bird outside and you're like, oh, a bird. Anybody else understand what I'm talking about? I'll be studying deep, reading the word, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, a bird flies by. And I'm like, I wonder what kind of bird that is. Maybe I should go out and check on it. Okay? Um, and prayer is one of those things that's hard for us to buckle down to. Is it not? You know, that's why you have to go into your secret place. You have to go into hiding, basically, okay? Uh, you know, solitary confinement with him, which is not a bad thing in this case, so that you can spend time with him. Because the thing is, when you do that, he shows up. And there's a few things that I want to show you in Scripture that really I glean from myself, but also for us as a church that I think will make a difference if we follow uh, these, these uh, really directives that we see in the Word, okay? So when you pray, this is how we'll start it. When you pray, understand this, that God will answer. 1 John 3, 1 says, How great is the love of the Father that he has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that they did not know him. You think about it, though, a father. Remember, you heard about in Scripture, too, of, of the, the difference of the love of a heavenly father and an earthly father. He loves you with everything that's in him. Why? His love is perfect. His love is perfect. I read a story this week um, about a NBA star um, who uh, really spent all of his money kind of thing. You've heard those a lot. And they were talking about how to, to save your money as a star. And he's one of these guys that wrote a book to kind of help other people kind of thing. And I read the story about how uh, when he made it big, when he got his contract, all of a sudden his family started knocking on his door, right? Okay, you know where this is going to go. His mom demanded that he give her $1 million for raising him. Parents, okay, I thought about this. I probably would need more. Um, I thought about Andalyn, and she is off the chain wild right now. And God bless her little heart, as mom would say. Um, she is off the chain. She would probably be about 1.2, okay, is what I would need for her. But I'm thinking probably all together, Aiden's probably about 800000 Allie's about 950000 um, I could have a great retirement. Kara, we're doing it, baby. We're go where do you want to go? 
Name it, claim it. Just kidding. But this thing is, when you think about parents, right, and the love that we have, okay, we would never do that. Would you ever do that? You've done it, haven't you? This is bad. Okay. Um, you're like, what? Don't be hating up in here. I thought this was a judgment-free church, okay? There is a line, all right? Don't cross it. But think about the kind of love that we have for our kids, right? God's love for you, okay? Kids who have parents, you, you may think your parents are off most of the time, and, and they may be, okay? But here's the thing. God's love is perfect. God's love for you is perfect because he knows. He is a heavenly father that knows exactly what you need and when you need it. I can't even figure that out about my kids. And I spend time trying, you know? But he just knows because he is our heavenly father. And even in his name, if you think about it, in Isaiah 9, 6, you hear that he is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. That's some of the names that he, he carries on his tag. Hello, my name is, right? Counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. How many times do you need peace? I know I can think about it if my kids are really upset, okay? Um, and there's kind of two schools of thought there. If they're being bad and they're upset, you know, let them be bad and be upset and go, go cry in a corner kind of thing. Or there's the other school of thought also where if they're upset and they're crying and they may have done something wrong, you go over to them in love and try to redeem them in that moment. And I've found as a father, okay, because um, I'm not perfect by any means, that it's probably better to go over to them with love and try to redeem them in that moment than to scold them and make it even worse because I don't get through to them that way. Love changes everything. That's what God has for us, that kind of love that gets right through to the heart of the matter and is right there with us because his love is perfect. Listen, God will answer when you pray. The second thing is this. When you pray, God will bring forgiveness. This is important for us to understand forgiveness uh, because forgiveness is such a big, big thing in our lives. Right now, you can probably populate a list of at least three people that it's very hard to forgive. You're like, three? How about 33, okay? Um, because people, they really mess us up sometimes, don't they? They really hurt us bad. They really just hang, you know, just tear us apart and hang us out the dry. People don't care. They don't, they're not there for you like they should be. Forgiveness is one of the hardest things for us to understand. But when we pray, God will bring forgiveness. See, we got to understand that we all have a sin problem. It doesn't matter who you are, what size, shape, color, creed, anything you are, everybody has a sin problem. We all have things that separate us from God. It's inevitable. It's understood. It's life. But this is what Isaiah 59.2 says. Your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. We get to that place where we feel like we're so separated that, we, that we, he can't even hear our voices, that we're that one in the desert crying out. But I'm telling you, he hears you because he's your father. He hears you because he wants to help you. Listen to this. Even sometimes we don't like this part of it. He brings correction. Because the Lord... Uh, disciplines though he's, those he loves as a father, the son he as a father the son he delights in. Proverbs three twelve. A lot of times we don't like the correction that comes along with it, but part of that correction is that he's listening and he's helping us to become what he wants us to be. Why? I like what David has to say uh, in Psalm one hundred three. This is a little bit uh, verses one through fourteen, but I'm just going to read part of it. 
uh, basically 13 and 14. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. He loves us. He knows where we came from, and he knows where we're going. It's so important for us to understand that he knows who we are, and he has forgiven us so that what we can forgive others too. See, forgiveness is, is something important that we have to accept his before we can give it to them. Think about it. A lot of times when we look at ourselves, we can't even accept ourselves. We think we're so tattered, we're so broken, we're bruised, we're bad produce, they throw us away, we're nothing, right? We look at ourselves and we think, how in the world can anybody love this? You're forgiven so that you don't have to feel that way. All those things that you think hold you back from him and hold you back from the life that he's called you to, it's washed away so that you can then help others experience the same thing, so that you can walk in forgiveness. You think, well, can I really truly forgive somebody and still not like them? Well, yes, sometimes. But I tell you what, when you pray, you'll learn to, to love them. That's why the Bible says pray for your enemies. Think about it. It's important for us to pray for those we don't necessarily like. Kara prays for me all the time. What? I mean, that wasn't in there. Um, but it's important for us to pray so that we can receive forgiveness and so that we can give forgiveness. Mark eleven twenty five. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. It's essential. Also, what we have to do is understand this. When you pray, God will show you his will. When we talked about it earlier, when you understand the word will, it's God's preferred plan for your life, right? As parents, a lot of parents do this, especially where we came from. We watch this a lot uh, in, in the area we came from. It's like there, there is a, a divine plan, parents call it that, of how they can plan out their kids' lives, the educational route and all that they're going to do and all that they're going to be, you know, and they, they get them in this type of class for tutoring for that and that type of class for this and this type of extracurricular activity so they can do this, so they can do that. And you watch this like a vicious cycle. It's a parent's preferred plan. And you watch even kids, right, how they respond to these parents' preferred plans. Have you ever seen those? We're 15 years old and they're so busy, they hate life, they're frustrated with this and frustrated with that. Educators, you know what I'm talking about here. Okay, you see this a lot. It's one of these things where they have this preferred plan, but a lot of times it's not the perfect plan. See, God's plan is perfect. And even as a parent, we want the best for our kids, but God knows what's best for us as his kids and for our kids too and for all the kids that he'll meet. It's important for us to understand that the will of God is his preferred plan. Go back to David in Psalm 40, 1 through 8. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man, is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not Look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, O oh Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done. Think about this. He'll show you his will. The things you plan for us, no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, they would be too many to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have pierced. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come. 
Here I am. I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, O God. Your law is within my heart. If you know anything about David, he is the biggest biblical screw-up known to man. Think about it. He should have been away fighting. He should have been away at war when all the other kings were. What was he doing? Looking across the roof at Bathsheba and said, hi, kind of thing. All right? Idle time will mess you up quick. If you know anything about David and, and how his life was, there was all kinds of ruckus up in his house because he didn't obey God completely from points in his life and time to time. But here he is at this point understanding that God, still, here I am. You know me, every part of me, here I am. Do what you want with my life. Isaiah, you know about this guy too probably. Uh, he was getting the vision of things to come. and He was challenged by God to be a prophet in his days. And he was cleansed before God and prepared for service. And then the question was asked by God, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, you hear these words come from the mouth, back from Isaiah's mouth, back to God. Here am I, send me. God's looking for someone to say, look, I want your preferred will for my life. I want your perfect will will for my life. Look, there's nothing wrong with planning. There's nothing wrong with thinking ahead. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Do it. It's smart. But if God said something, stop what you're doing and say, here I am. Send me. You don't want to spend one day outside of God's will. Not one day. Because you know what? It'll be the worst day of your life. You're thinking, well, how do I know what his will looks like? You'll have peace. You'll know peace when you know you're in his will. But how do you know when you're in his will? You communicate with him daily. You pray. It's really simple. It's saying, God, what do you want for today? What do you want for today? And he will give you peace. The last thing he will do for you as well is empower you to move forward through the Spirit. And you look at that at the end of um, the scripture there that we read earlier. Um, let's see, Matthew, uh, no, excuse me, Luke 11, 1, 13. If then, though... You are evil. Know how to give good gifts give to your children. How much more will the Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Holy Spirit, the one who is here to lead, to guide us, to help us to find that peace, to find the direction that we need. It's work, isn't it? Prayer is work, right? Because a lot of times we want a, an immediate answer. I shared the story uh, uh, Friday night with our Connect group because uh, we're in the middle of Circle Maker. And if you're not there yet, you got to get there. This is a wonderful story uh, from Honey the Circle Maker, but from Mark who mined this thing out so that we could you know, be challenged by it today. But I, I remembered uh, as I was looking through Facebook this week, and a good friend of mine, Noah, is a missionary in Africa. And uh, again, I shared the story Friday night, so it may seem redundant to some. But I, I looked at a picture that he posted. And uh, on this picture, he was trying to update his computer. And there was a, a software update uh, that he, he was trying to do. And uh, being in Africa, internet speeds aren't what they are here, okay? Um, seriously, you know what I'm talking about. If you're trying to download a song and it doesn't happen right away, what happens? You have to test the OtterBox, don't you? You have to push it to the limits and see how far your phone can fly through the air, okay? Um, if, well, you don't do that? Okay, it's called insurance. Um, or you're trying to, to download a movie or something, or you're trying to stream something on Netflix or whatever. You know. So I look at this picture of what Noah put up, and it says that the name of the up, upgrade and uh, the, the operating system and all this stuff. And I look down below because it gives a little ticker of how long it will take 
23 hours. One day for a single upgrade of an operating system. See, what's hard for us in prayer is we don't have the patience to wait. Sometimes you hear stories, too, of old, of when people prayed for 20 years for someone to come to the faith or 30 years to be healed. And then there's some who pray one second and it happens. Praise God either way, because that means he's answering prayer. But what's hard for us, what's hard for us is to be patient in the process. But here, you got to understand that God hears He's going to show up. His will will be established, and he's given you some, someone to walk with you through it all. What we're going to be doing in the next couple of weeks is you're going to be hearing about the person of the Holy Spirit, and you're going to be challenged to, to really dig deeper with him. And I'm not going to go into it today because I don't want to take away from what's going to happen then, but I just want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to, to pray, God, help me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Give me peace. Help me to know where to go, what to do, and how long to wait for it even. Because let me tell you, it's worth it. You know, for us being here in this building today, our worship team, if you guys could come up, us being in this building here today um, was a, a long process, I think. Right? I think a long process. You may think that was so quick. But we prayed for a long time for the foundry. We prayed for a long time for this church to be established. We prayed for a long time for you we have such a, an amazing core of people. It floors us daily. Karen and I talk about it. Of the folks, the caliber of folks that we have here already, from our leaders to our team uh, to you guys that are in the seats and serving in ministry, uh, it's unparalleled. But it seemed like it took forever. And then all of a sudden, right, the building happens. You know, all of a sudden, more staff are added. All of a sudden, connect groups are growing. All of a sudden, the church is growing. All of a sudden, all these things started happening. What if we stopped praying? What if we stopped praying? I, 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 I beg to say that everyone here has experienced God in some way, shape, or form because of the prayers that have gone into the Foundry Church. Some way, shape, or form. Some, something has happened because of it. And the thing is, don't stop praying. Don't give up. Don't give up because you may just be moments away from God answering it. And he just wants you to be persistent. He wants you to continue to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit to do it because he will help you every single step of the way. What we're going to do is uh, just we're going to do something a little different today because as a team, we were really talking about this and praying uh, of how to, to really see God touch people's lives here. And what we want to do is be, be personable and be prepared to help in any way, shape, or form. We're going to close with a song as we typically do. But after that, we're going to give you an opportunity, uh, if you would like, to slide forward and we will be here to pray. What that means at that point is people that need to go, want to go, you are dismissed. And we love you for coming and we thank you for it. But if you want us to pray for you as a team, as a staff, as a church, we want to do that because we want to partner with you. We want to partner with you. Uh, it's important to us to partner with you, to know that for you to know that we care and that we carry your burdens throughout the week as well because that's what family does. That's what the church does. That's what the foundry is. But what I want you to do before we do that is, is take that piece of paper that you have. All right, grab it. You have some beside you. If you don't, there's some around you. Grab that for me. Put it in your hand if you don't mind. You'll see a pen in the seat back as well if you don't have one. 
during this song, what I want you to do is finish filling out what you're circling this week. Finish filling out. And some of you guys that are part of the, the connect group that we had Friday night, you've already started this kind of thing in your life. But if you want to see God do something amazing, something tremendous, something great, if you want to see dreams realized, if you want to see things, I want you to write down what your story will be. I shared with you about the seven project. And at the very end of the seven project, every single time that we do it, the challenge is this. This is in the high school assembly setting in the school. You can't talk about God in school. You can't do any of that. So what we do is this. We say, look, again, every day you're writing a chapter in the story of your life. How will you write the next chapter? This is your opportunity to write down how you will write the next chapter. For you to write down what you want God to do in your life. Again, if, like I said uh, uh, Friday night, if you're still breathing, there's still time. There's still an opportunity to do something great for God. And there's no time like the present. But what I want you to do is I want you to write it down. Why? Because you're going to come back to this time. And you're going to see where God came through. Something that Kara's challenged me with, and it's been so amazing to watch, is she writes down, literally writes down the list of prayers that people tell her that she needs to pray for. And what she's told me about over, you know, really the last couple years especially I said, guess what? This happened today. Someone that had been praying to get pregnant. She got pregnant. She got pregnant. Kara's been praying for her for this to happen for a long time. She got pregnant. Sadly, pregnancy didn't last. But she got pregnant. Gave her hope for the future that God can do it again. Why? Prayer. Every single one of your prayers matter. And God hears them. And he's looking to answer. But he's looking for someone with the heart to say, God, I really want to see you do this. Not for my glory, not for my credit, but for yours. That's what he wants to see happen. When he sees people that are humble and want to honor him in the process, watch out how he shows up. He'll provide. He'll provide in amazing ways. But you got to be willing to write it down, to circle that bad boy so that you can see God do something through it. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to get you to stand for a moment. <clears throat> and as we sing this song, I want you to, uh, to begin to write down what you want to see God do. I want you to begin to articulate that. And then when this song's done, what we're going to do is we're going to play a song. It's called Your Promises. That's what that song will be. And we're going to play that, and we're going to be here for you if you need anything. And we want to challenge you to partner with us. Maybe that thing that you need is a first-time relationship with Jesus. Maybe that's what you need. Well, we want to pray with you, okay, because we've been there, all right? And now we're here, and we still need them that much more, okay? Or maybe it's a moment to rededicate, to, to, to rehash this thing, to, to re-up the relationship that you had with him before and make it better, improve it, get closer. Maybe that's it. Or maybe you struggle with this prayer thing and, and even some prayers that you've been struggling to pray over. Some family members, some finances, whatever. We want to agree with you and believe that God's going to do it, that he's promising it to you today. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to sing together. And then if you want to go, you can do that. That's totally fine. But then there's going to be one more song that's played that we want to pray with you if you like that. There will be somebody in the Connection Center as well. 
to meet you. If you just want to ease on out, that's fine too. We love you the same. But we just want to agree with you on things that God's going to do it. Okay? That's what it is. It's partnership. It's life. It's the church. Okay? So God, we thank you so much right now uh, that, that we, can, we can sing in triumph and that we can sing in joy knowing, God, that you've done it all. That you are the Lord our God and that you are above and you are beyond and, and you are uh, 15.5 billion times smarter than us. You think about it from end to end of the universe. That's where you remain and you're sovereign. God, thank you for this time we've had together. Thank you that you've taught us to pray. And thank you that you're going to show up in our lives in amazing ways as we circle your promises for our lives, as we circle your provisions, as we circle your passions and your perfect will for our lives. We love you and we thank you and we proclaim that you are the Lord our God.